Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good morning, or afternoon, or night, depending on where you are. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Rocket MSP Podcast. I'm Steve Taylor, your host, and today, today I'm joined by uh, Raphael and Brett. Uh, Raphael, welcome back. Thank you for, for joining us again. Um, if if for those of you that, that don't remember, um, these guys are from Adea Security. I, I think I said it right. You did. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, welcome back. Thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having us back. We had fun last time, you and I. So Abs- let's do it absolutely. again. <laughs> so can we can we kind of like recap uh, briefly what Adea Security is for the people that didn't watch the last one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Adea was founded two years ago. We are headquartered in Detroit, Michigan, but um, available in uh, all of North America. The goal, based on my background, is 20 years of cybersecurity experience. So I've uh, been at McAfee uh, for 11 years, then went to FireEye and uh, departed Duo after the Cisco acquisition. The thing that you you see in this industry is that there are some there are amazing point products out there. And 95% of them are all geared towards the enterprise. And that's fine. But where we're seeing a huge market opportunity is in small and medium-sized businesses where they can't afford to hire a full security team. And they're not going to go out and spend 50 to hundreds of thousand dollars for one point product that they personally would have to maintain or outsource. Um, So we decided to bring on Uh, 13 design partners at the beginning of our journey. And we supported them manually as their cybersecurity team. Uh, They got the benefit of having a good security posture. We got to understand what was really going on in their world. um, And them not being technical was fine. Um, But we were able to see what type of vulnerabilities they were getting, um, what type of phishing attacks they were getting. Um, And again, nothing surprising. Um, it's definitely still phishing, um, is the number one item in the space, uh, that we see. 
we do know that the SMB space is the, probably the most lucrative market right now for anyone that wants to steal data or even revenue because they do have very valuable data or they have amazing relationships with those enterprise companies, um, which is where the revenue is tied. And those companies now are demanding that they have the same security posture as them. So we see this in a lot of different um, companies that are outside services. So law firms, marketing companies, um, facilities, um, all of those small businesses that are important to obviously um, everyone globally, but also for those companies that are much larger and need to scale um, is where we're seeing the biggest opportunity. Because of my background, um, we looked at two different lenses. What is the right approach with these customers? And we are 100% laser focused on partnering with the channel. Um, and that is with MSPs and different types of resellers, because we know that they are the first line that these customers go to for help, which is great. Um, and cre we created that channel program uh, similar to the one when I was at McAfee. So we really want to enable our channel partners. Uh, we want to make sure that they make a lot of money and we want to make sure that their customers are happy. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. For those of you that want to learn more about uh, the background, the company, um, <clears throat> compliance and and all the little features and just hear about it uh watch the one from gosh has it been two months now it has it's like oh my on. goodness <laughs> man so so last year felt like a decade this year feels like it's flying by exactly um so two months ago we we did one of these where it it did not include a demo today is going to be uh very heavily focused on doing a demo so um i know that you also brought Brett with you and uh, Brett right now is just an icon of a little dude, which these things happen, man. We, we got to roll with it. So, so yeah. Brett, um, can you, can you share some background for you, please, sir? Absolutely. My name is, uh, my name is Brett McCary. I've been with Adea oh, for whew, almost six months now. Um, it's been a blast the entire way as we work through, um, you know, evangelizing appropriate cybersecurity practices uh, in a neglected space. Uh, me personally, uh, I don't come from cybersecurity. I actually come from an education background, but have dove headfirst into the industry and have really appreciated uh, the sense of community that the industry has. And uh, I'm excited to be here and excited to show uh, what Mars 04 can do for, for our small, medium-sized businesses here in the United States. Very cool. So what, what do you have in store for us this morning, gentlemen? Well, I think the first thing is to remember the lens we all need to look through is that of a small mm -hmm. business. So if we apply the enterprise lens or the security onion that came up on last the last video, um, those are all appropriate, but that's for the enterprise. The C, this design that you're seeing is specifically for small and medium-sized customers. Um, it is intended to be a lens of usability that they want to use it and it doesn't feel like cybersecurity. That is what we learn from our design partners. So that's kind of our ask of everyone is just look through that lens, definitely ask questions. We're ready to answer any questions as candidly or be as transparent as last time. Um, and, you know, we'll walk through each of the pillars. So, you know, the, the main point of this design is that 
small businesses will never have a security team member and that's okay. Uh, Judy does all of the heavy lifting. She is AI, she's machine learning, and she's connected behind the scene in Marzo 4 to do all the things that a cybersecurity analyst would do at those larger organizations. She also empowers our partners. So our partners can be confident that they're getting the right information and that the customers that they support are getting that level of real-time updates if there are any uh, threats that need to be remediated. So Brett's going to kick off with kind of our how a user would log in. They only log in once, um, and Judy does that immediate validation of the device and IP address. Um, and then he'll walk through each of the different pillars. And I just got to say, why didn't you name Judy Sky? Because that would have been the, the perfect... To let people know that the machines are rising. <laughs> Judy's much nicer. Um, and okay. when she takes over the world, then it'll, you know, just feel natural. Yeah. Sky, Sky seems too abrupt at the, at the start. <laughs> All right, guys, you heard it here first. Judy will take over the world. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. here we go. Um, you know, as you can see, our password vault lives in, lives on the desktop. Um, this is what the, the, the login portal will look like on the front end. We do have the opportunity for switching users. So in the event that we're in an environment where shared machines are being used, uh, users know that their information can follow them securely. And Judy will have their back uh, you know, each time they go in and out of different machines. Uh, us being uh, a security company, I've already gone ahead and typed in my master password. That way we don't have anyone out there um, you know, trying to pick on the, the, the keystrokes that I'm typing in. But... What we've done is we've given these frontline users the opportunity to only have to remember one master password uh, for all of their cloud-based accounts. So I've already plugged that in. Judy verifies I am who I am. It pushes me through. Now our password vault comes preloaded with two groups, uh, the first being a corporate group and then a private group. So we do give users the opportunity uh, to organize their, their user accounts based on the grouping that they would like. You can add groups right here. I'll create one for the fun of it. We'll call it Rocket MSP. And at which point my group is created from here, anytime I wanna add a login, all I have to do is add my login right here. I can create a title for that login. I'll have to plug in the appropriate username, the appropriate password, and then the exact login URL. Now, once that information's in there, Judy will remember it, grab it, and anytime I want to access it, all I have to do is click on that title and it pushes me through. Um, we'll dive into that single sign-on piece here shortly, but I do want to keep going with the password manager while we're in here. We have included a password generator, the opportunity to create passwords ranging from 16 to 64 characters. You can include numbers and symbols. You cannot include numbers and symbols if you so please. And we have given the chance to copy to a clipboard for quick use. Furthermore, Judy can also audit passwords. So what she will do is she will scan your passwords and she'll notice that you, know, you might have something that you have to work on. Um, obviously this one is considered a weak password, so I'll have to take a look at it. This one was added this morning. I pride myself, again, working for a security company. Typically this comes back as uh, you know no pings, but I'll take a look at it after this. We also have the opportunity for users to import and export pre-saved logs from either a LastPass or a 1Password. 
that way they're if they already have a file set up you know they don't have to worry about going through and adding you know hundreds of passwords again and in the event of, of you leaving you know you can export those files as well and i'd like to take a look at the uh the single sign-on piece now what we've done is because we've had this information stored we can just quickly Go into the browser, you'll notice that Judy picks up on the appropriate text fields, plugs in the information and pushes me through. So again, lifting that burden of remembering those, those, those keys, uh, taking the responsibility off of the frontline user and, and allowing them to go through their day seamlessly without having to worry about you know, remembering appropriate usernames and passwords. Now, once in the browser, that password vault also follows you for quick access. You'll notice that the groups follow you as well, all of my logins. It lives in the browser right here. So again, those passwords follow you. The anti-phishing piece you'll notice is right here. So since I've started today, it's had about 11,000 links scanned, 16 block sites. Now in the event of a potentially phishing you know, opportunity coming through, Judy will pick it up. And if I was to click on that site, Judy will give the user a, a moment in time hesitation like so. And usually this warning is enough for that user to realize uh, I'm in a situation that, that I don't feel comfortable with anymore. I don't wanna be the person that brings you know, cybersecurity awareness to my office next week. So I'm simply going to go back because I don't like the direction that this is going. Now, that being said, we do know that Sometimes businesses might not have their websites configured appropriately. In the event that the user trusts that website, they can slip, zip, simply quick click through. Uh, Judy will light, whitelist that website for further use and then continue to scan once they're on the other side. The other piece that I'd like to introduce you to is Judy. We keep talking about her, how she's going to take over the world. She lives in your toolbar. She can interact as if she was like a Siri. So she can say, you can say, hey, Judy, and she'll be pulled up. But because we're, we're in a sharing environment, I don't want to do that just yet. But she can interact just like a Siri. She has about 700 knowledge base articles ranging from, uh, you know, what is my security score? We'll get into that piece here shortly once we're in the dashboard or things like. So you typed in, how do I take a screenshot on a Mac? I did, and demo environment. It's not. It's we're yep. Oh, okay. We're in a demo environment, so some of the things might click off a little bit. But what she would do is she would pull up a, a knowledge base article that we've preloaded. It's where it'll show you. In order to take a screenshot on a Mac, all you have to do is press Command Shift Three, and it'll go forward from there. Okay. Now, just to clarify, so I can tell that you're operating on a Mac right now, uh, but but you also have designed a day security, uh, Mars or for Judy, all of this to run on PC as well. Correct. 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 Yeah. We have it running on, on windows 10 pro. Okay. We're not supporting home. So just want to go ahead and throw, as we talked about last time, be transparent, nothing wrong with home, but if we were looking at businesses, it, it, home has a lot of, uh, opportunities to improve. So sure. we support um, Windows uh, 10 Pro 
um, any of the business editions and up. <clears throat> so you're not even going to bother with seven, eight. No, none of those. I mean, Microsoft is um, rolling those off. So we follow the provider um, of the different OS or um, systems, whatever. It's usually two to three back. Got it. Okay. The next piece I'd like to take you to is the, the dashboard side of things. Um, again, two perspectives from this lens, one being that of the frontline user, the other being that of the champion. Again, this is a demo environment, so not everything is going to be up to date. What you'll notice right here is our security score. That security score is going to be based on four factors, whether or not your disk is encrypted, whether or not your auto logging is enabled, whether or not your auto update is enabled, and whether or not your firewall is on. Uh, if this wasn't a demo environment, on my side, it would look like 100 because I have all of those features clicked on at this point. Um, but what it does for those frontline users is in the event that they log in and see a 75, they'll know immediately that, that something is wrong, at which point they escalate and, and make sure that everything is taken care of. From this champion dashboard, we have our, our two tiles right here. The first one being Judy's Team Blue. That is our automated threat detection and remediation. I'll let Raphael cover that here shortly. And then our compliance mapping. This is where frontline users, SMB owners, will be able to quickly fire up a framework for their environment. Judy will run a scan, auto-populate it based on what she's seeing, and then have holes saying, you know, this is these are these are the pieces of SOC 2 that you need to address from here on. Um, so that compliance piece is going to be huge because we know how complicated that can be for, for our, our small and medium-sized businesses. So giving them that, that helping hand to, to build a foundation and let them go forward, almost providing a, a roadmap and a flashlight uh, on, a, on a foggy day. And the, the compliance mapping, I'll, I'll have a lot of questions about when we go over that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, and then from the champion view, you know, this is where the champion or the administrator will, will have view of their environment. They'll be able to see the different users, the number of devices that are on, the number of apps that they're running, their role in the environment, and whether or not there are any alerts that need to be addressed. Uh, those alerts may come in the event of, of maybe something coming up on our EDR scan. Our EDR right now starting next week will be uh, an antivirus scan that runs on the front end, sets a baseline and then turns off and then scans any new files that enter the environment. Our full-blown next-gen EDR, which we like to compare to like a, a mid-level CrowdStrike is, is expected to go live in the middle of May. Very nice. And the cool part about this is that this is the information Judy's use, using when you log in. So if Melissa Champion was logging in, like Brett mentioned, she validates it's a registered device. She validates that it's the IP address, and then she grabs the password and logs you in. That's the same thing that an enterprise company gets, which is now down in the, um, in the space that we're all working within for small businesses. The cool part is if it's not, um, then she won't let you log in. Um, Yates Network asked if we support Linux, not yet. We do support Firefox um, and Chrome um, for now, but it is on our roadmap for later this year. Very nice. 
the last little piece that I'd like to show is is kind of a one of my favorite tricks for adding um, new logins to to our to our password vault. Let me pull over the the screen here. Um, I'll demonstrate it via via Spotify so everyone can see that I'm a, a voracious listener of punk rock and, and history podcasts. But what we'll see here is how anytime it logs into a new website for the first time, Judy will recognize that and say, hey, do you want me to save this for you? So let me take some time here. Now, I thought I saw Spotify in your list in the password vault already. That's actually okay. You can have multiple logins for different sites. And when you do, Judy will pop up and ask you which one you want to use to log in. Nice. And we may have seen it because I have it in my trash. Um, but that's okay. it, it's just my, yeah, it's just my standard one that I like to run with, but we'll log in here and you'll see that it grabs it, recognizes it, and then gives me the opportunity to save it to a particular category. Since we're doing rocket MSP, I'll save it in my rocket MSP category. Now, what if you don't have that window open? You don't uh, have it open. It'll, as long as you're logged in, it'll grab it. Sorry, okay. Brett, go ahead. You're okay. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, just next time you log into the password manager, it'll be one of the first boxes that pops up um, and, and grabbing any, any new type of login. And that goes for multiple logins as well. Um, so we've given users the opportunity to either add it you know, manually this way uh, they can just go about their day and, and grab the logins as they as they log in through the browser, or they can preload them using the the import export options. Now, with with this being like a single sign on, I'm going to call it a home page that takes over your your browser's home page. Mm -hmm. um, I have roughly 1,500 passwords in my last pass vault, and I feel like that could get. Um, it could become overwhelming, especially with how big these these uh, boxes are. Like, it's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. But if I can only see, like, you know, nine or 12 at a time, um, what 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 can I do to, to quickly? I don't want to have to scroll through 1,500 list items and, and find something. You don't have to. There's a favorite um, area. So Judy starts to learn what are your most used um platforms and she promotes those for you in order you can also if you go again you can drag and drop and create different categories so that you you would see them at the top like brett has so you might say well these 400 are rocket msp logins so judy move all of those over there um these others are my private ones that i tied to my facebook and uh personal email address and then these are more of my corporate ones, but you can have, I mean, we have some customers that have 30 to 40 different categories. It's similar to what you guys experienced in those other password vaults where mm -hmm. each vault is its own, right? Um, mm -hmm. The cool part is you don't really need to worry about the login piece, but yes, you can prioritize them in a way that they show up for ease of use. And then the favorites, as she learns which ones you go to the most, will always pop up in that um, additional dropdown that Brett was showing. And is there a search function in here? There is. Um, on the password vault, you can do a search. Um, the search in the browser extension is coming. 
Okay. So again, it's meant to be enterprise grade security without really feeling like enterprise grade security. Um, you know, the the password vault is the bells and whistles on the front end for those frontline users um, to to make their day easier while also lifting the responsibility of of best practices. Uh, myself, as a former teacher, I can't tell you how many times I had technology thrown at me that I wasn't either properly trained up on or was seen as a hindrance to my day. Um, so. You know, I, I can't tell you how many licenses were probably in my name as a teacher uh, and, and plenty of other teachers as well that weren't being used appropriately. Uh, Mars 04 was designed to, to not feel like you have to learn a new technology. All you have to do as a user is remember that one password, you enter it on a daily basis, and then once you're in there, Judy takes care of everything else for you. Um, you know, all the, the EDR, the anti-phishing, all of that is running in the, in the background. So those frontline users, um, don't have to, don't, you don't necessarily have to get the buy-in. All you have to do is ask them to remember that, that one password. Um, and, and they have some of the best practices in the world following them throughout their day. Nice. And then so, we mentioned, oh, go ahead, Brad. No, oh, go ahead, Raphael. As we mentioned, uh, mobile is coming out. Um, it's in its final stages of QA. It will be supported um, the, on the um, iPhone and Android. Um, in that model, just think of it the same way. You have your vault. If you want, you can click through. She autofills for you. Um, it mm -hmm. takes you into any of your websites. Um, and for the, um, she shows you your security score in the future. That'll be the method that she starts to communicate with users. If there's an issue right now, it's on the desktop agent that you saw. And then um, lastly, because I know that came up a lot, you said, Steve, um, we do support two-factor. So obviously um, we promote Duo um, because they are the industry standard um, and I'm a little partial to them, but um, two-factor uh, does work with this um, as you're logging in um, so that those partners that asked last time, it, it, uh, it does support that. Excellent. Raphael, do you want to take over for the, uh, the threat detection and remediation piece yeah, now? Yeah, absolutely. So the way we set up the threat and automated remediation is really for the partner. Think of it this way. Your customer that's 10, 20, 30 employees is not going to log into a SIM dashboard and look to see what type of vulnerabilities are going on. They're relying on you as the partner to do that. Our SOC team is the one that actually monitors uh, the dashboard. Um, and as a, as a, uh, let me see if I can get this right. Steve warned me and I didn't listen. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> see my screen now? I see it here, yes. Okay, so this is your view. This is obviously um, uh, a demo environment, but you as a partner would be able to see all of your customers in this view, um, the same way that Adea sees all of our potential customers that are direct. Um, but regardless of which path they come through here, you, our SOC team is monitoring 24 by seven. We're looking for violations, we're looking for threats, um, we're looking for anything that is out of the ordinary. The levels that they get to select um, at, with you as a partner is a level one, um, which means that we just connect to Marzo 4 and their email and a firewall. 
Um, and that gives them a whole nother level of protection as small business owners that they've never seen before in this space. And all of you should be excited about selling. You then go from there in our pricing model um, to the highest level, which is everything in the kitchen sink, so to speak. They can connect their servers, uh, their um, CRM, ERP, um, anything that could be uh, a threat would come into the SIM tool and give you the visibility um, that you're looking for. You can go down to users and actually, if you wanted to, um, click on the menu here. You can click on users. You can create different watch lists as a partner. I don't know why this is throwing up with this demo area, um, but there's different ways of creating different rule sets that either you can do for all of your customers or our, our uh, Judy's blue team uh, can jump in and help you. Um, so this is what's great about the SIM tool behind the scenes. If there are things that can be remediated, um, then it will push it through um, and remediate at the server level, at the endpoint, or even um, send notifications uh, to the partner and us um, so that we can jump on a call if it's something that seems to be an attack. Now, real quick, um, I just want to roll back for a moment. Um, you mentioned Judy's Blue Team. So mm -hmm. um, there are companies that specialize in solely doing like cybersecurity and threat remediation and things like that. And uh, very often they use the term MSSP, Managed yep. Security Services Provider. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just want to make sure everyone knows that when it comes to security, there's red teams and blue teams. Right. The, the red team... To, like a lot of times, a, a security company will have both teams, right? They'll have a red team and a blue team. The blue team, their their main job is to find issues and resolve them so that way the bad guys can't get in. The red team, their job is to try to find issues and see how far they can take it to, to kind of like weasel their way in. And and then the two teams work together, and and can can then you know tell the the IT head or or the CEO or whoever wants the information, hey, this is how far we got, and these are the the steps we recommend you take to prevent or to remediate or mitigate or whatever term they want to use, right? Yeah. So, so the, yeah. So Judy's blue team is a mix of both yes. team members. Last time you asked me why, then it wasn't purple. Um, if you don't remember, <laughs> I do. um, and all of our, all of our colors are blue and Judy's blue. So yes, she, that blue team is a mix of those two types of teams combined into one. Um, here's the cool part. You as partners, we already have partners that set the guidelines of how this works. So if you're an MSSP, you may say, well, I don't want Judy's blue team engaging with the customer. I want you guys to notify us. We do have a red team and we'll jump in and that's where we add our services. Not a problem. Um, we would set up your uh, your view in here that way. Um, doesn't mean we won't notify ourselves, but it means then we would call you, the partner, and say there's a major issue going on at this company that is yours. How do you want to proceed? Um, so we're very cautious in our engagement with customers and let the partners, whether they're an MSP, or an MSSP drive the matrix of how we all work together.
And I'm still not turning it to purple, Steve. So just don't even ask. <laughs> so, so I just want to, I just want to rewind for a minute. So first, Judy's taking over the world, and yeah. now we've got the Matrix. Yeah, we have the Matrix, <laughs> and I got Star Wars behind me. For those of us, oh that my are, goodness, uh, we're you know we're excited about my Star Wars stuff last time. So yeah, yeah but that's got, that's why a great collection. That's what we really wanted to be careful about, and we pull from all of our expertise on our teams from other cybersecurity companies that we've been at is that we're really enabling the channel partner. And yes, we want those users to have an amazing experience, but it doesn't feel like cybersecurity because they're tired of cybersecurity. And it's okay because yeah. we've all beaten people over the head or suggested that the sky is falling and it might be, but when you're a front end finance person and an accounting department, Last thing you're worrying about during tax season is security. <laughs> you're worried about getting all your tax forms in by the deadline, right? This allows right. them to not have to worry about the 500 logins that they're using. And Judy does the monitoring for them and enables Got the it. partner to be behind the scenes and take on anything that they want to take on. All right. Now, that that last screen that you showed us, mm -hmm. that screen is very interesting to me because... Um, honestly, because I've never seen anything like it in any of the systems that I've used. Mm -hmm. So are you able to, to dive a little deeper into that screen for me for a moment? Um, I can, let me see. It's a demo environment. So God bless. I don't, does it even have any threats in it right now? Um, probably not. Let me double check. Uh, cancel. Um, Let me change some of the views and see what we got in here for you guys. Sure, no problem. And then while while he does that, Brett, um, are what what is your role there, Brett? So my role here is is on the sales side. Um, I'm working with channel partners to to kind of grow our, our channel program uh, and really link arms with with again servicing a, a neglected space. Um, the relationship is, is completely what the partner wants to make it. If, if we mm -hmm. need to talk only when we have business, I'm all for that. Um, you know, if we need to, to, to check in on a daily basis and even just talk about, uh, you know, Julian Edelman's retirement, I'm fine with that too. Um, it, it's, okay. we're at a, we're at, we're at a point where we can really change kind of how we approach our customers. Um, and, and one of the things that we're noticing with, with channel partners is, and where we're opening their eyes is if you want me to cold call with you, I'll cold call with you. And it's interesting to see the type of responses that you get on cold calls when it's, hey, this is John and I got Brett on the line too. Um, you know, having two people on those on the line like that, um, you know, it, it, it changes the perspective of, the, of that other user. Um, and, and, and you'd be you'd be shocked at how how much warmer um, those calls get just by having two people on the line like that. See, I don't know. I think if if I if I picked up the phone and I'm immediately in a conference call with two other guys, I, f I feel like I'm getting ganged up on. And you don't have I, to. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm sure I'm the minority in this situation, but I but I'm also uh uh you know just just keep your distance, guy. Like. <laughs> Well, well, outside of that, you know, the, the, the other thing that we're doing is, is we really don't believe in lead ownership here. Um, my role is, is to understand the line card of our partners. You know, what's their industry? What's their vertical? What's their sweet spot? 
And anything mm -hmm. that comes directly to us, if that matches up with a particular partner, um, we're going to try and get them introduced as soon as possible. Uh, because we understand that, you know, it, the, it, the SMB space, I, I compare it to a pool. It's a huge pool that we're all jumping into. And there's plenty of room to splash around without getting on each other's nerves. Um, so we can really link arms and, and help each other out and, and just continue to, uh, to, to bring, you know, like, like we keep saying, enterprise-grade security uh, to an environment that lacks typically the, the, the budget the energy, the, the resources to, to appropriately button themselves up. Okay. Um, so I'm sharing the screen. It doesn't look like there's perfect. a lot of data in here, but you can see that like your top threats, you can check that by, if you decide that let's say a partner is a partner, you want to drive this view with us, you would get this view. You can check your customers in the last hour, days or last year, and be able to generate a report. That report could be shared with that customer so that you can show the value of what's been remediated by Judy um, and the cross-functional teams. You'll see there's different rule sets that can be that are out of the box, but also set up so that if someone does go in and delete a high volume of things out of Google, it notifies um, to double check and make sure it's not an attack. Um, you, know, you have different uh, violation times that can be set up on the rule sets. I'll click through to this area while you guys were talking. You can see all the companies um, and categorize them by either users or um, and see at that level where they may have had a vulnerability or a, um, a potential breach. You can categorize them within the company by organization um, and even put different rule sets in. We know that marketing and sales predominantly have a higher percentage of potential phishing or mm. are engaging with different customers that they might get documents that uh, could be at a higher risk. You obviously can, if you have an engineering team, could have different rule sets for them because they are playing out in the real world and do want some of their things turned off. So there's, there's ways of categorizing this even down to the user level um, and is available in the report. Because there's not much data in here, I, I mean, that's it's just the, the high-end view, but th there's right. uh, a world of different things that can be done um, that's not set up in this demo site, which I should have done. So sorry about that. Um, that's okay. But our team can would, do it for you. I would or... love to see what what this looks like, like when something happens, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, you know, the, the thing here is step one, we always tell customers, we connect to their Gmail or Microsoft three, um, Microsoft email. Um, we do not yeah. support Outlook on-prem um, at this time. Uh, so everything is in the cloud. But that starts for a partner, especially. Um, that's where the streamline of this is amazing. So once you connect to that email, it imports all of the users for you. So you don't have to ask them for their logins. And I mean, there are uh, email addresses or usernames and it starts to categorize it for you. At that time, you can start to even see if there are users in their email system that shouldn't be there, which we've already seen with some customers. So you're immediately as a partner adding this view into their world where you can see that maybe someone left a company but their email address is still live um, and something's happening there because there's activity and there shouldn't be. So it, it really creates that value that partners 
want to add to their customers. And then the customers are happy because again, you can export any of these into a report and share it with them. Got it. And and I just want to clarify. So earlier you said you don't work with Outlook on-prem. What what he's saying, <clears throat> if I, I believe I believe what he's saying is that you know there's there's Exchange Server and then there's the you know hosted exchange, if you will, with the Microsoft 365. So he he they probably definitely don't do anything with a local exchange because they work with Microsoft 365. But That's even right. if you're using Microsoft 365, their their integration only works at the browser level of the Outlook web app. It does not work with Outlook on the desktop, even if it's connected to 365. That is correct. And that's okay. where for level one, you would stay at the browser level. If you want to go to that server level, that is where you start to go into level three. And it would be more of an IT project and likely some customization to get those logs to pull in um, at, from the server level. Got it. And and that's exactly what it is. It's It's additional logging that you're bringing into the sim mm -hmm. for uh judy and also your your sock blue team to to review and right. make sure that there are are no weird things happening that need to be correlated and right. and because of that there's you know that there's a reason why that's not included in level one because level one is a more cost-effective solution for people that just want to dip their toes in and have uh, uh, the basement of cybersecurity that everyone should have, right? And That's then, right. you know, there's a level two and a level three. Well, level three is going to cost more because simply there's more labor involved in what's going on with level three. Absolutely. And usually you see level three with employee size of over 500 employees. And they do have an IT person that will work with the partner and then with us behind the scenes to get those items set up. But yeah, that's correct. So for the people that are on level one or maybe even level two, the the thing that we would want to do as the MSP, as the partner, would be to encourage our clients to be using Outlook Web App because that's the more secure platform. And is Outlook Web App actually more secure than Outlook for desktop these days without Adea involved? Um, I don't know if it's – here's the thing. It's such a heavy lift on the organization to have Outlook on-prem. I used to manage that team at, um, at McAfee. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a heavy, heavy lift. The way Microsoft has redesigned um, the web version can still sit on top of a um, on-prem Outlook, and it actually has more features even for the users. So it really does. I don't know if it's more secure. I think it's just a different design that catches up with the times. It's kind of like almost yeah. like on-prem uh, CRM. It's so dated now. Why would you have, uh, you know, something? That's a really good point. Staying on-prem. I think email exchange and all emails should be in the cloud. And that that mm -hmm. is the best path forward, just like CRM and ERP. If your financial system can be in the cloud, why can't your email? Um, right. So I think it's more about usability. Um, and less of a burden on an IT team than there's it's secure or not. Because you can put multiple layers of security in front of that Outlook server. Um, and mm -hmm. that is where you start to see that enterprise level approach versus what 
the small businesses are doing and they are 90% in the cloud. That's the benefit of what uh, Marzo 4 brings forward and the benefit to all your partners. And and I want to say this, how many times have, have you MSPs run into that uh, email hoarder where they've got the, the 40 gig PST or OST and they don't understand why Outlook keeps crashing or keeps doing weird things. And and it's and it's all because of the size of, of that of that database. As right. soon as they just start using the the OWA client, everything's fine because their web interface is actually designed to just work with that stuff. Because it's all in a browser. You don't have to deal with with caching all that email on the local hard drive. And, and yeah, you know, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and you you should be you should be encouraging your clients to not store things on their computer for what what should be obvious reasons at this point these days. So did you want to? Oh wait, I'm not yeah. allowed to drive. You are. I got. I learned that last time. So where do you want to go next? <laughs> no, it's okay. So <clears throat> all right. Um, so I, all right. Is it possible for me to for me to see like? how Judy works. Like if, if you do something dumb and you open up an attachment and, and well, try well, to Brett showed you that. Yeah. Brett showed you that message that came up that says, do not click through. There's no real way yes. to show what's happening behind the scenes. Um, Got it. But so that doesn't, that doesn't even bother showing up in the SIM because it prevented him. And there's there's they nothing to through, report. Right. They didn't okay. click through, so there's nothing to report. And then behind the scenes, the engine that our engineering team has built with Judy, she's the traffic cop. So if you did click through, the first level of um, protection is to monitor the endpoint and watch if the CPU starts to spike um, or if something's trying to download, then she quarantines it. At the same time, yes, that would go if they're leveraging our threat and automated remediation that would go into the SIM tool and start to notify our blue team. And then we could engage with the partner depending on how they want to engage. But there's, we intentionally left this front end to look easy right. and not like cybersecurity. So you're, as a partner, you would go into the SIM tool and see things um, if they did decide to click through. But that moment Brett showed you do not click through because he didn't, it's not going anywhere. Right. It's just going to go in the anti-phishing uh, link area that dropped down um, and really show them that she blocked it. Okay. Now, uh, I didn't actually pay attention to what he clicked on. Was that a real thing or just a... It was a real phishing link that we've approved for him to click on um, in the demo. And it basically... Got it. it we know it's a phishing link. Yeah. Um, okay. But if it, okay. even if it was embedded in an email, Judy, again, if it's in the, in the cloud, Judy will scan it and say, wait a minute, don't, don't click through, um, mm -hmm. or she'll block anything that's trying to download. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think All the, right. you know, the thing for partners that might be thinking about, well, what type of customers they should work with. Again, we see anyone under a hundred employees immediately fall in love with this because they don't view it as cybersecurity. We also see in all employee sizes that verticals like law firm, accounting companies, mm -hmm. marketing companies, um, anyone that might support an enterprise or a government agency that's a small business, they're your target market. 
um, we're seeing that over and over again with different um, partners that have already signed on where they're successfully booking business because they can discuss that data point of, well, who are you, where's your revenue tied to? That's the question we guide our partners to ask. And if they say, oh, Marriott or University of Michigan or insert a name that's a big brand name, that is the customer that you want to start talking through and showing Marzo for. It's, they, they immediately get it uh, because they are seeing it on the RFPs. That's the game changer. For those of you that maybe don't sell into SMB, the game changer is those larger organizations are putting it now on the RFP for them to be have the same security posture as their security team. And that's where you as a partner can make a lot of money. And Marzo 4 checks all the boxes for that remediation. Okay. So, so I want to talk about... Uh pricing for a minute here because i'm i'm sure everybody's like dying to they're they're all foaming at the mouth right awesome so <laughs> so <laughs> they're just they're just waiting for judy to take over and tell them what they need to do right, we have no problem so, with that <laughs> so all right let's uh i'm gonna give you guys a few scenarios mm -hmm. so the first one is uh very small uh one person company that um, they, they do, I wouldn't even call them a CPA. They just do taxes. Okay. Um, they, they don't even need cybersecurity, right? Cause you know, nobody's, nobody's coming after them. Yeah, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping that's sarcasm. Yeah. Um, they have all of the social security numbers, um, all of your tax information, and they're probably putting it, um, on a shared drive that maybe they share with consultants or, they're emailing attachments to their customers. That's Probably. the, and so yes, they do need security. Uh, they just don't so, want to deal with it, is what we find in that scenario. So, so how does it work? We we install Judy on their computer, and we get them all set up in the back end of Marzo Four. What does it cost us, the MSP, and what do you recommend we sell it for? Well, it's up to you what you sell it for. That's not our okay. part of the business. So I'll be very candid about that. We know there are partners that embed the cost into other services and might charge mm -hmm. a monthly fee for everything in the kitchen sink. So sure. what I will say is our list price online is three levels. It's the um, it's $12 for level one, which again, mm -hmm. the only area that is differentiators, threat and automated remediation um, level two, you start to see the adding of a switch and potential CRM, um, which is $19. And then $24 is for that one that uh, per user is for everything in the kitchen sink on the threat and automated remediation. All of the other pillars that you saw, including Judy, are still enterprise grade. There's no watered down version. And it is per user, not per device. So okay. if Steve has 20 devices, we don't care. It's attached to Steve's email address, and that is one user in our world and what you would charge. Now, if you talk about what a partner um, would agree to with us, there are three levels. So there's a level one, which is your referral partner. They just want to close the deal and move on. Um, mm -hmm. So they close the customer, send us the order. We do the support. Um, and they get a 20% discount. What they charge the customer is up to them off of the list price. 
Then there's a level two, which is, okay, I'm going to do the billing. I want you to train my sales team and I want you to train our CS team to do the support. That is a 30% discount off of the list price. Um, and that model, we bill you 30 days after the customer has been onboarded and show you the number of tenants that you've enabled and the number of users um, and bill you that way for the amount that we um, that is owed. So the two is either, you know, it really is about how you want to work with us. Level one, again, straight referral. Level two, um, you're going to take on a lot of the ownership with the customer. In both models, though, we are indifferent about, we don't charge a minimum fee. We don't charge for training. And we don't charge for co-branding. So we will push you as a partner out through all of our social media outlets. We will do campaigns with you. Our marketing team will even do roundtables where you invite customers and we can do a demo like this. Um, and like Brett said, you can either drive or we can be there to drive with you. Um, but um, so that's kind of the, the two different levels. We've had, we've had partners, even some from this last call ask, well, what about a volume discount? Um, and we do have a level three in that model. We would need to understand what your projected forecast is, how many of your customers you intend to start moving over over each of the months and into the year. And we can do what other MSP programs do, which is you purchase the licenses up front and then you start to pull them down as needed for mm -hmm. each of the months um, and enabling the customer and go through that billing. So um, th those are really the three levels. We've updated our one pager um, that explains all of this in great detail and we can make sure you have it or Brett, if anyone wants to contact Brett from this call, um, he can get that over to you and explain. Um, but that's the high level of how it works. But we don't set the pricing. And we are starting to get multiple distributors now that want to um, sell our product as well. Um, and so in that model, if you're a partner that works with a distributor, then we can either still work with you directly or work with the distributor of your choice to ensure that, uh, again, you're enabled in the right way within those three different levels. So... Um just because I'm I'm all about clarification. Mm -hmm. So if we just look at, um, I'll call it level one of the product of Judy. So you said that's $12 a month mm -hmm. per user. And level one of the partner program, um, that one, you guys do the billing, right? We do. We do the billing okay. and we will do the support. So you're just okay. selling the platform, which is totally fine. And, right. and you might even say, well, I'm now starting to get more comfortable three to four months later. So I want to move to level two and take on the billing and the support. And we see that revenues coming in and we're all working together. Absolutely. So now with level one, you said 20% discount, but I think you meant 20% commission, right? Correct. Because yes. we're, so you're charging the customer the $12 and then you're giving us a, a check or however you do it Correct. of $2.40. Correct. Yep. Okay. And then the level two version of the partner program, same one, $12 a month normally, uh, that one we're being charged by you. You're, you're billing us now. We're billing and now you. we're talking eight, six, what I already 
forgot, but it's $8.40. $8.40 is what we charge you per user. Okay. And again, whatever you charge the customers up to you, we've got some that, like I said, wrap it into other costs or just sell that directly. Now, um, Yates Networks asked if that uh, if he can use this for residential clients. And I, th I think the best answer is you can use it for whoever you want, Correct. as long as they're running Windows 10 yes. and they're running the pro or business versions, Correct. not the home version. Correct. I, so, I suspect it even works on like the, do they still have enterprise with uh, um, volume licensing and all that? I think they do, but yeah. Um, yeah. It works on, the only one, and again, it can work on home. Here's what I caution everyone. Home has a lot of OEM items that are part of the software that could conflict. So think about it this way, uh, Xbox and all those other things. And honestly, home is not that safe uh, compared to, you know, the uh, business version. So yes, to Yates Network, you absolutely could use this with residential clients. There's no issue. It just has to be on a Windows system that has the Windows 10 Pro or Business Edition. And then for MacBooks, um, we do support the M1 chip, we do support Big Sur, and we support the last two OSs that Apple supports. So awesome. you could um, you could do that. And yeah, I mean, what he said, I mean, yeah, just have them install Pro. It's $59 upgrade or $79, depending where you get it. And right. you add, you explain to them that you're adding that security and that value of protecting them. So yeah, it, it'll work for residential. Perfect. And then um, let's, uh, can can we see, um, in fact, I could probably just do this. I'm going to go to the Adea security website mm -hmm. and I'm going to go to the pricing page and I'm going to share my screen. Sure. And the reason I'm going to do that is I'm, I'm less concerned about the price and I'm more concerned about um, just seeing the differences between the, the levels. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to pull it up? I can explain it. That works. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go. I'm adding this to the stream. I'm going to make this a browser bit. a little smaller and zoom this stuff in for us. So, so you'll see that all of the, whoops, you're, it's too big now. You're, if you go go a little bit smaller. Yeah. So if you look up above first, you'll see each of the levels include the main pillars. It's all enterprise grade. So there's no watered-down version of Judy, single sign-on, password manager, anti-phishing, or endpoint. Um, that's all included, the compliance, and then the virtual CISO, which is coming, where we'll be able to answer questions for you and the customers. It's this bottom box. Now, if you want to screen, uh, um, yeah. that, that really differentiates on the pricing. And again, it's because of the customer you're approaching. Um, you know, a small a small company of one to ten employees, the log sources they need are just on Marzo four on an email client and maybe a firewall at most in their office if they do have an office. So that's why that's what's included with the twelve dollars. If they go to the nineteen dollar version, um, again we're just adding on switches, CRM, ERP, and then on the last uh, level, which is the twenty four dollars you start to see we do everything and they can even have a view or you into the SIM tool um, and be able to review the logs or have custom logs built for any on-prem proprietary uh, items. All right. So 
this, I mean, it's too good to be true, uh, Raphael. Like last time, we've already had some of your partners sign on. It's not. We're it's, just differentiating ourselves. I know you're joking. We're differentiating ourselves because the channel partners should be included in our journey. This is what I experienced at McAfee back in 2005. Um, mm -hmm. And we want you to make a lot of money. So, and we want our users to be happy and feel like they're using something that enables them, but also doesn't feel like cybersecurity. And that's what we're confident of because we are seeing a lot of people signing up through partners um, and enjoying the platform. All right. So um, you you also mentioned that there are three levels of partner programs. Uh, besides the, the big difference of who's billing between levels one and two, I'm just going to ignore three because I think most of the people watching this right now are probably just not ready for three. Yeah. Three is more of a custom contract. Let's yeah. look at it that way yeah. and just leave it alone. Um, yeah. And we can work with so, them and map that out. So with levels one or two of partnership, are there any like minimums or, or prices to join the program or anything like that? Nope. So we can join level one or two. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost us anything to join. There's no minimums. I can literally sell one license. And if I'm on level two, you're just going to bill me $8.40, and that's that. And right. As long as I pay the bill, right. you're, you're going to keep doing it. And here's the other cool thing, guys. Uh, can you tell them what happens if a client decides to leave me? Like they, they end their contract and go to a different MSP? I'm not understanding the question. I'm sorry. So I, I thought... Maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but didn't you say that you want to make sure that they have a cybersecurity plan in place and we're not just going to rip out a day? Yeah, we're not going to. We'll give them a 30 to 30 to 45 day window. We're not going to rip it out. We're a security company. So if they decide they want to leave, we obviously want to talk to you and them and see why. Um, you know, why was it a design issue or they just not finding value just because why? Why not? We're not going to stop them. But we're no, we're right. not going to rip it out. That would go against all guiding principles in cybersecurity to put someone at risk just because they want to leave. I'm not cool right. with that at all. Um, so I'm sorry, I misunderstood the question. And then the no, other okay. thing that you were asking about is, you know, it it is a reoccurring revenue. So, mm -hmm. that, you know, you're getting a month to month revenue just like us. The, the reason why we don't put a minimum in year one is we want to enable you. We want to grow with you. Now we're, you know, Brett's going to call you, Steve, and say, "Well, what's your forecast next month?" And if you say, "Okay, well, I think I have three proposals," okay, awesome. How do we help you close those proposals, right? So it's right. a different way of working with the partners versus it being punitive. It does should not be punitive for you to sell our product. So we'll train you, we'll co-brand, and you're right. There's no minimums. Will Brett? want to have a monthly forecast call with you and ask what's going on. Yes, that we expect. And that's, and then how can we work together to grow your brand? Got it. Okay. So let's talk about, are there any questions or, or anything so far? I just well, want to make sure. To start on level one and then bump to level two afterwards. There's no problem with that. So yeah, there's, just... there's not, there's not any issues with doing that. And, you know, the nice thing is, um, you don't have to worry about cash flow in order to pay that bill. 
you can just collect those sweet, sweet revenue uh, commission checks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The the cool thing about, you know, I I know Yates in in yesterday's, uh, Yates said that he's he's like starting to switch from break fix to MSP. So the, the cool thing about this is whether you decide to do, you know, a per user, all you can eat, everything's included, or like a per device plus per user or how, however you de- decide to do things, like you can put the, the Marzo 4 product like into your costs and then, and then figure out what you're going to charge your customers based on your cost. And I recommend um, if you're just looking at what you charge and then what it costs you to uh, pay all the bills for, for the software that you need, like your, your RMM and your security and all that stuff, you should have like 70% margin. Only 30% of what you're charging should be um, the costs for all those tools. And that gives you more money to, to pay all the other stuff that nobody ever thinks about, like rent and electric. And <laughs> so um, that that's just my recommendation. We had a we had a really cool pricing talk uh, a week or two ago with um, uh, James Vickery from Benchmark 365, Raphael. He's a very cool guy. Um, I'm wondering if there's a way for you to even look at partnering with with guys like that who Benchmark 365 is uh, like an outsourced um, help desk, knock, sock type of company. Um, not sure if there's maybe some synergy there that maybe you guys could find ways to work together. Yeah, if you want to make an introduction, that's fine. I'm always up to meeting new people and learning more. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, the pricing in this space, you're right. Put whatever you need in. Also know, though, that they're a little gun shy. And they've been burned before. So that, and not just by, um, also by like very large companies on point products, right? So mm-hmm. I think going in with that caring tone, which I'm sure all of you would, but also know that pricing is limited um, or their revenue is limited, especially with the economy it is right now. You should win business, but maybe you, you're starting your company, stair step and start with a lower cost now and increase it after year one um, is the only thing I would add on there. So now here, I, I think I already misunderstood. And so he said he'd likely start at level one, then bump to level two. I thought he meant with the partner program, but I think after after looking at, at one of his later messages, I love all, having all the basics built in for simplicity for the first system. So I think what he actually meant was um, level one of the product, and then Either bumping way. to level two. That's fine. So either one. Works. So I, I, I personally, and and I, I've got to beat up all of my all of my guests, Raphael. So you're you're no different. Um, I still love pers- you. Bring it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, so I I find your branding to be very confusing. Oh, we've already um, heard we've heard that. We're working on it. So, yeah, I'll let you so, finish that. Just go for it. So, if if we look at you know the the overall, there's a day of security, and then there's Marzo Four, and then there's Judy. And there's three brands, and like, how do you, how do you market that when you when you can't have a consistent message because you have to talk about three different 
brand marks, right? So, and and I get it. You know, if if you look at uh, uh, McAfee, they've they've got all their different products, and and it's no different with Mars 04. That's just you know we'll call it one of your products, but for right now, it's your only product. Right. Um, and then also looking at the pricing and then the partner program. Both of them are just very generically levels one, two, and three. So when when somebody says, I think I just want to start off at level one and then later on go to level two, we can have miscommunication. Are we talking about the partner program or the product? Right. Um so so the one thing I've I've learned about branding is um it, it's just so critical to be consistent with branding and you know like you use the same logo everywhere like on every podcast i've got this white logo up here in the corner and the and the the podcast uses the same font and the same styling as the rocket msp logo itself just dumb things like that and and i know that you guys are working on it but i figured we might as well talk about the elephant in the room since since we're all here right thoughts <laughs> I'm just waiting. I didn't want to interrupt. Um, yes, Adea is going to stay our um, our company name. That's not changing because I told right. you last time it has a very specific meaning. What we're seeing is Judy is what's resonating. And so we are looking at removing Marzo 4 as a product name. All companies have that three-tiered level, but I think we may have looked at the wrong name. Um, most companies have an animal <laughs> or, I mean, falcon or uh, right. or a car or something that people just generally understand as a differentiator. I think we went too far over into the let's be cool and come up with a name. Um, so Melissa is working hard. She took your feedback and some other partners, and we're going to change all of that here in the next 30 to 60 days. So for now, I would just say partners should say Judy, um, you know, because she is everything that is in our yeah. solution. Um, and, and I agree with that. Know, when it comes to partner levels, this is what I hesitated. Um, I've worked at companies where it's platinum, gold, and silver, and all those other things. I think it sounds as if someone's better than the other. And so that's why we just did levels, right? I think partners that are gold are just important as platinum. And I hated that at all the companies I worked with where sure. you create this ivory tower in the channel organization. So here's my thought to you guys. If you guys have a cool thing that you want in our program levels to be named, let us know. Appropriate. I know some of you are kidders. Um, but I just didn't want to create a hierarchy. I just, I don't like that in and life I... in general. And that's why we stayed away from those traditional names for each of yeah. the resellers. And, and I, I could agree with that. And I would say, honestly, even if you just went at the most basic level, level and changed it to be like level A, B, and C, yeah. that way that at least the partner program and the product levels are differentiated. Correct. One's numbers, one's letters. Right. But I would even say that the, the first one I wouldn't call level one because it still feels like there's a hierarchy levels one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. I feel like that one should be called um, the referral program. The next one should be called the reseller program. And then the third one would be like the custom program or, or something like that. That way, that way people don't get that there. You have to, you have to get into this one before you can move into that one. And right. you know, like, 
Um, that would be my my recommendation. But yeah, I'll get it back to Le- Melissa, and we'll see if she turns on you and I after she thought she really liked us. But uh, <laughs> on all the work you're trying to generate for her, um, I, I'm kidding. No, th- I'm just that, a guy I mean, that does podcasts, man. No, we appreciate your <laughs> feedback. I just I I'm transparent on I don't I like hierarchies. It just in all parts of life. Yeah, I, I hate them. So that's that was the thought on the partner levels. But yeah, no, we are we are working on um on that, and uh, looks like. Uh, Yates agrees Judy is the path forward and that's what we're working on. I agree with that too. Now, um, I said earlier, I want to talk about this compliance stuff. Okay. So uh, for, for like the smaller MSPs, I got to say it's uh, it's really scary for them to be like, I want to go work with a doctor's office. Like HIPAA, what? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we, we, we have no idea what HIPAA, like, okay, so what we, so how you does this just, work? Yeah, so you would just click through in the dashboard. Again, our demo environment is not going to show you it, but basically think of it this way. When you go for a HIPAA audit or PCI or SOC 1, SOC 2, GDPR, right? You have to go through a formal audit, either internally or you bring in auditors, depending on how big you are or what type of, if you're a service for provider versus um, actually the driver um, of that compliance. So for HIPAA as an example, right, we have to protect the the um, patient's data, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would log in through our dashboard, you would select HIPAA, and then it shows you all the line item details that you as a company have to walk through um, and make sure that you show how you're compliant. And that could be anything from everything that's in Judy for login and who touches the data, to what's that finance person doing on the back end with all of the checks and the invoices, right? So you're almost like microscopically looking across your company. Our dashboard drives you through that in the same format as an auditor and as the industry standard in each of those compliance framework. Some of it's technical. Some of it's just answering with the customer. Once you've done that, it'll show you the percentages of where you are to completion your goal is to get over 85%. And then at mm-hmm. that time, you can export the report and share it with the medical organization that you're working with and show them how you're getting towards 100% um, to win the business. So that's what these compliance frameworks mm-hmm. are doing in our dashboard for the big main ones that I've described um, and empowers you as a partner to help your customer fill it out um, where they have technology misses. So let's say an example... Uh, it's required in there that you have a firewall. Well, that's not us, which is fine. Um, you would go out and get that firewall for the customer and then check the box in there that you've installed it with the um, with the product that's been purchased. And that remediates that line item. Okay. So with, with that, so let's just stick on HIPAA for making it easy. Um, is it only showing me like if if it were to go through that like audit checklist, so to speak, is it only showing me things that um I can deal with as as the IT person, or is it also gonna show me things that uh have no relation to the computers or networks or anything that I touch whatsoever? All it's the lens of the customer. So think of it this way: you walk into a um a company that says, well, we're trying to win 
this hospital contract and they're saying we have to be HIPAA compliant. It's about the company when you say HIPAA compliance, which is what the framework is set up as, not just the IT piece. The IT piece is a chunk of it, so is the security. Mm -hmm. The beauty is, as a partner, you go log in, you fill in the IT and the security stuff for them, their attorney, their accounting person, uh, even their owner of the company would fill in all the other information. And it's it's like a questionnaire and could require some supported documents. And so you you might even have on that where, um, uh, like when a patient walks in and fills out their name to check in, is it asking them to fill out their full first and last name, or is it only asking for one piece of it? So that way there's a bit of privacy for the patient, Correct. like even that type of stuff. Yes. And where does that okay. data go? And where does it reside? And how long does it reside there? So there's all these types of things oh. tied to that data that they're collecting. Um, so I think, okay. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I saw he asked no, it's okay. question. <clears throat> yes. And that's what I was going to say is, um, so right now, Judy, I mean, it's, it's on the computer, right? So mm -hmm. Ju Judy, the, 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 the great all knowing AI that's going to rule the world, uh, is on the computer which tells me that she may or may not be able to see everything on my computer. Nope. So she does not, your passwords do not come back to Adea. They're encrypted on the system. Uh, it's a certificate uh, between us and that system for her to do that initial engagement on login. When it comes to what are you uh, downloading or what's on your hard drive or any sites that you're going to No, she does not bring that back to a day. No, that does not go into the dashboard where the champion can see it. What she's looking at is she's scanning URLs. She'll block them at your system. She doesn't bring that back. What's on your system. We don't bring that back. So she'll scan your hard drive and show you documents that might have a malware or something attached to it. Um, if it needs to be remediated, then yes, at that time, you as the user on that system would allow your MSP to RMM in or our Judy Blue team with the partner. And we would have to look at that document and figure out how to remove that malicious attack or tell you to just delete it and go get another document. But we're not, mm -hmm. um, we're very, very careful about this on privacy and how we ensure that you're getting security but it doesn't feel like big brother. So no, we don't okay. have a way of seeing what's going on in your system unless you click with an MSP, an RMM product and share your screen. All Judy's doing is scanning, notifying you, stopping things. And on the remediation piece, it's just gonna come back and say a Word doc with the name of blah, 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 is showing that it has a malware. Again, it's not bringing the document back, it's bringing the notification through the log, and then it would require someone to action on it if necessary. So, you know, the only thing she's grabbing is your system uh, VIN number, your IP address, and the actual um, OS and the software that's and make version of that so that we can make sure that you're up to date, that you have the most, I mean, my God, Google's got hot fixes every, 
every week all of a sudden on their Chrome browser because there's so many vulnerabilities. So mm-hmm. that's all we see. You know, if the next one I think uh, our awesome security team told us last night is make sure we're on eight eighty nine dot one two nine dot something something something. That's all we see. Um, you know, and and go from there. I guess now. Now you said that. Um... You know, privacy is very important. So that's, you know, you don't read any of our stuff. But Facebook says that they don't listen to our microphone. But when I have a conversation with my wife about, hey, I'm thinking about getting one of these things. And then Facebook starts showing me ads for one of those things. I It's hard for me to trust vendors because I've been burned by so many vendors. So how do we know that you don't have access and, and don't? like peruse our data we're i mean it says it in our terms and conditions we're not bringing any data back we're not listening in which is what facebook is doing on different devices um maybe for you we might turn judy on and have her mess with you when you're not uh, looking but in general you know (laughs) as she takes over the world we're just gonna have her toy with steve i'm joking she's not listening and pulling in you have to do a voice command for judy to engage with you. And then behind the scenes, again, all that technical stuff that we talked about, she's not pulling that to get information for us to sell. That's not what we're in the business for. It's the kiss of death in cybersecurity. If you ever did something like some of the companies you mentioned, that's that's not a security company. So yes, other marketing companies do actually do what you described because they intend to make revenue and sell the information that does not happen in cybersecurity. Um, they wouldn't Excellent. be. They wouldn't last long as a company. So, so, to, and then you also said that, like, my password vault uh, lives on my computer. It does. So, what happens if? And I, I won't say I get a virus and have to reload because Judy's going to keep me safe. So, what happens if I just keep installing? Uh, more and more applications on my Mac like an a-hole and I I just want to wipe and reload everything. Do I do I lose all the passwords in the vault? How's that work? Yeah, so if you um, think you're going to wipe everything out, we intentionally tell you to download the file into a mm-hmm. CSV file um, so that you have it. Once you've wiped everything out, Yes, everything's gone. That's intended. We're a security company. We're not going to cash sure. it. We're not going to do all the things that could lead to you having a catastrophic breach. When you log back in, Judy will ask you, "Do you want your file? Do you want to load up a load of file?" You would upload your password file again, and it would all be there within minutes. So that's intentional because you don't want to bring passwords back to our cloud. That's a horrible mm-hmm. design. You have them encrypted on the endpoints. So even if we RMMN, we can't see your passwords. No one can. It is it so, is in the vault in a way that it can right. only unlo- be seen when you export it and then you right. have to import them again. So and when we export it as a CSV, are the passwords plain text or are they hashed somehow? They're hashed. Excellent. And is it like how easy would it be for some hacker, secure software engineer, whatever, to reverse engineer the hash? Oh God, it would take a very long time, but I'm not gonna okay. say nothing's possible. Um, if there's a catastrophic failure of the computer, then yes, it would, um, you know, uh, we'd have to work with the client to see if we can resolve it. Um, 
but so backups are essential because and and okay so let's say i have a data only backup i don't have like a a bdr there's nothing i can like spin up um where is the like judy vault for the passwords is it like in my documents somewhere or is it in a subfolder of a subfolder of a... It's in a subfolder that's sitting on your system yeah so then uh best practice would be we need to know where that folder is so that way we can add that to the backup because maybe we're only backing up like documents favorites that type mm -hmm. of thing it'll be a folder that clearly states what it is and it's encrypted it. but yes you would be able to see that so are you going to ask Brian, any other questions like i mean joking <laughs> i don't did you forget about brett <laughs> I, well i mean he can answer I'm i just joking. have so many technical <laughs> questions <laughs> uh, yeah, brett are you still fine. there i think he fell asleep because we're, we're we're ignoring him <laughs> no the the best part is like i i can see all these little screens down at the bottom so i just see him like I, I just I just assume he's doing this because like I just see like every now and then he opens up Judy and then closes it again and then like <laughs> there you go. Brett, are you there? Give me a lifeline here. <laughs> so. oh, you guys are doing just fine. It's uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't want to take Steve's bullets. Uh yeah. He's he's like, no, I'm okay getting paid for this. Like <laughs> all right, so uh, let's see. Um, when the mobile app launches, will that will that be a password vault on the mobile? Yeah, and it will actually allow you to take the passwords and um, log them into whichever browser you use. So um, I'm I'm an iPhone guy. Um, so right now I use LastPass, and I love it. And it's 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 very difficult like i just installed judy on my computer and it's really difficult for me because i'm also a safari guy okay. uh, so so i need to i need to kind of break that habit and start using chrome just mm -hmm. so that way i can i can start playing with the password vault um when when the mobile app launches is it going to integrate the same way LastPass does, where I can go through the the system settings, um, add Judy as one of the vaults of passwords that it can re obtain passwords from and autofill? What's ever on your desktop, the minute you log in, will be there immediately when you log into the mobile app. So it'll be categorized the same way as on your desktop. She sets everything as... Literally, it's it's syncing with each other real time. Okay. So there's no heavy lift for you to do anything. Um, if you want something changed, your desktop is the driver of what it looks okay. like in your mobile. Um, and so you might have six different categories like we talked about. The minute you log into the mobile app uh, for the first time, they'll all be there. And so will all of your logins, your passwords, everything. And all you have to do is click go um, and it'll take you into the browser and autofill. Um, and then some instances on different websites, regardless if it's the desktop or the mobile, you um, you have to make uh, uh, you still might have to enter. You can change things in the mobile. Good question, Shiva. Um, and it'll sync back to the, the desktop 
So you can edit things. They, the two sync with each other, but you asked when you initiate, what's it pulling from? It's what's in your vault on your desktop. But they okay, always so stay in sync. So if you edit on your phone, yes, it'll go back to the desktop version as well. Okay, okay. And what if uh, it is a, a true desktop computer, so it's not mobile like a laptop, and I make changes and I'm on a different city on a different network? Does it wait to sync when I get back into the f local network? It syncs over the internet. Mm -hmm. So it's going on someyone's cloud. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone is. You're just not storing it. It's You're not just not storing it. Storing it. it in the, storing okay. it, correct. Your certificate goes back to the cloud, and we see that it's you, and then it would sync between the systems, literally Got milliseconds. It. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have to deal with firewalls, port forwarding, hitting nope. a button in, in one system to manually sync it to another. Nope. It all just kind of seamlessly will work. It does it for you. It takes literally okay. a couple seconds, but yes, you would then see it on your, when you log into your mobile or vice versa. You have to re-log in once you've done it because you're, you know, you're, you're connecting again. But yeah, you'll see the changes. Okay. Now, uh, okay, so here's a good question. So if you're familiar with Keeper, why not store the passwords and implement a zero-knowledge architecture? That way, when my, when my hardware dies... Uh, my my hard drive crashes, and I and I can't um, just just make it a CSV export. And I'm a shitty MSP, so I don't have backups either. What uh? What... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're go we're heading there, Brett. You want to take it over? Um, this is the the design we're going live with. What you and Siva are describing is where we're headed. It's just not going to be okay. in this first phase. So if you look at us in Q3. That's where we're starting to get into that two-factor, zero-trust um, architecture that would start to enable things more like some of the other brands out there. Wow, I don't even know what Yates just said. <laughs> if we're starting happy hour, then just tell me. I, I <laughs> It is um, way too early for this, Yates. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool things coming in our roadmap. By the end of the year, you will absolutely see, continue to see us uh, redesign and move towards that model. Um, you know, um, of, sure. of some of those more enterprise designs. It's just not in this first rev. All right, um, Brett. Is is there anything else that you want to share with the people, mm -hmm. with the masses? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, like I said earlier, we're, we're eager to, to link arms um, and, and, and do what needs to be done. Um, you know, upon signing a partnership, whether you go the, the consultant route, the provider route or the custom route, um, you know, you'll, you'll immediately be introduced to, to our market team, marketing team, Melissa. Uh, you'll be immediately introduced to our director of customer success. If I do know it's a it's a it's a video webcast, but yeah, we're having some camera issues, so, so I apologize for that. Yeah. But feel free to pick on Brett or Steve. I fully support it. So yes, go. Yeah. As long as you don't pick on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, um, 
so so just to recap, uh, Shiva, I think you might have, have popped in late. So um, we we shared the screen as far as this is what the password vault looks like, how it works, um, how it stores a password. I would like to see that, like I'm going to say integrated more into the browser in the future yep. to where we don't have to open the password vault to to store an update i would love if that were just in the browser like quarter. like the other ones yeah but and 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 i i i'm sure some of this stuff is already planned out but i figure if i say it then you it will remind you to tell us when it's coming yep um we we looked at what the back end uh sim shows and we were even able to see that like uh, in the last 24 hours, a bunch of files were deleted, and there were more files deleted than normal. So, you know, is this something that we need to correlate with an issue, or is it just, you know, we deleted a bunch of files? Um, we were also able to see that Judy is also able to be a, kind of a personal assistant, though I, I, I will give you a hard time again, guys. That when I go into Judy and I ask her questions, uh, it it doesn't it doesn't actually provide helpful information. I might just need a computer reboot, though. Who knows? Um, I've got like ninety six icons up in my Mac menu bar, so I'm sh I'm sure it's nothing I've done. Uh <laughs> we, would never, we would never say that because we really like you. So um, yeah. and again. Her knowledge base and her questions are continuing to grow each month. So yes, she's always machine learning, and she will continue to. We will continue. Well, no, to the the interesting part is I I asked her how do I take a screenshot on a Mac, and she responded with I found this on the internet uh, something about an article, and then there was nothing for me to click on or view. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's that's what I meant by it wasn't helpful. But again, I, I think it's probably more uh, an issue of my own creation than an issue with Judy. Um, so it, oh, go ahead. I, I think there was one more question up above that we missed. Um, uh, and now I can't find it. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, um, I have a password manager installed for my clients, and a couple of them are still using the browser. They complain of me clearing passwords, so I've got to do something to correct that, and this might be the best way about it. They're not to the level that they need to be. Right, so I, if you clear your browser when you're having to do these up, all these updates now from mm -hmm. Google, and uh, yeah, it clears all of your saved passwords. So, Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yep, this, in some instances, depending on how big of a patch it is, that's what he's describing. So yes, Judy takes that away because it's now in the vault and then your single sign-on um, is sitting there the next time you log back in. So there's no need to worry about clearing your cache uh, to do these security updates. Excellent. Let's see, what else did we talk about? We, we talked, uh, I thought pretty in depth with how the compliance works and it's not just compliance for what we as the IT professionals are doing, but it's compliance for what the client needs to be doing. So there are things that the CEO or the accountant or the lawyer need to answer that we can't answer because it has nothing to do with us or IT. Um, 
but it, it's a very comprehensive like audit checklist, the same the same type of audit checklist that the auditor would be using. And I suspect that when and if those um, audits get updated by whoever's in charge of the HIPAA and all that stuff, you you would then update the checklist as well. And I think the last thing um, that some of the partners that joined last time were asking about antivirus, we'll do a full scan and quarantine. The EDR piece perfect. with all of the rule sets for remediation go live next month. So we're still on That's track awesome. for that from our last call. That's so awesome. And then we also talked about pricing in depth and we were able to clarify on, on how everything works, whether you want to be uh, a referral partner, a reseller, or even if you want to set up a customer partner program um, between Adea and your company. Yep, absolutely. So, so I think the only thing we haven't done is shared Brett's email address with everyone, which we did last yeah. time. So it won't, it won't let me comment, so I don't know why, but if you want to... What is Brett's email address? So Brett's email want? address is going to be a first initial B, and then my last name. M C C A R R E Y at adeasecurity.com. There it is, there scrolling go. along the bottom there. Yeah, so for those and partners I'll that up above said they wanted to connect with us and get going on the program, just email Brett and uh, we'll get you the information over. Love to have you join. Awesome. Awesome. And then when I look at your website, I don't see anything about a partner program. Yep. Am I missing it? Nope. Melissa's building it and it will okay. be live uh, next month. So it'll have all of Wonderful. the program details there as well as a form to fill out if you want to connect with us. But for now, um, just email me or Brett and we'll get you connected. And then I have uh, one final dumb question. Um, what... Uh, what exactly is this? Because I have an assumption of what certified LGBT means, but uh, what what is it? Uh, we're uh, certified as a uh, gay-owned company, so that's one of oh. the certifications with the federal government. So we can actually work with the federal government on different contracts, as well as their providers. We did that, so if you have any partners out there that are LGBTQ as well. They can leverage our connection through uh, the federal government and help with small business contracts. That is really cool. Yep. And so we got some other cool certifications for uh, our team, and then as well as the cyber exchange, which we mentioned last time, that allows our product to be out there uh, with Aptiga. That's awesome. Good. Good for you guys. All right. Well, uh, Brett, any any last anything? Um, you know, the one thing I'd like to add, um, just to kind of to, to, to close out the conversation, uh, huge proponents of, of value based, um, and not just for the customer, but morally and ethically. I had a conversation with a partner earlier in the week where you know not only are we talking about how we can help him grow his business and pass this value on to his customers but also looking at different types of volunteering, mentorship opportunities. We have programs in place here at Adea where we return a portion of our revenue back to um, food banks, depending on locations. 
Um, if that's something that your MSP is interested in, uh, we are all for supporting that side too. That is so cool. Yeah, so we just tell everyone, we're, you know, we obviously would love to have you as partners um, at a minimum. Follow our website um, on LinkedIn, and you'll see all of our updates, our accounting um, a day of page. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. Fun Absolutely. As always. And, I, and I can't wait to have you guys back in, you know, a, a month, couple months. Whenever you guys make some some updates, I'd love to help you show them off to the community. Um. So yeah, any anytime you guys have something cool to show us, you know how to absolutely. Reach me. We'll let you know, and uh, we'll make sure we uh, get the demo ready. So thank you for having us. Awesome, thanks so much, and thank you guys for watching. Uh, I have another episode coming out in uh, literally an hour and twenty minutes. So watch that. I'm going to be sitting down with Justin Esker. He is an MSP business owner. And he's just, you know, got some cool experiences I'm going to talk about. So uh, thanks, everyone. And I will see you guys at the next episode. Thank you. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.